Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Dan Van Kirk. Yes. From Dumb People Town, and we've got Adam from Adam Ruins Everything. Adam Conover on the show this Hello. week. Hello. Good time in Dumb People Town, right? I mean, you like to make people smarter. When they finish watching your show That's what and try to do. listen to your podcast, they try and be smarter. We are going to not be focusing on those people in this, <laughs> in this episode. No, but we are going to focus on possibly the greatest eyewitness to any one of our stories. Mulver. 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 The first story Mulver. has one of the greatest Dumb People Town characters everywhere ever and he didn't actually do anything wrong <laughs> check it out feral audio Slumber Party, Georgia. Thank you, Allie. Welcome to Slumber Party, Allie. Welcome to your podcast, Thank you. Georgia. Welcome to your podcast, Thank Allie. you. It's great to be here again for the fourth year in a row. Oh, my Lord. I can't believe Isn't it. It's weird. It's almost our fourth year. Has it really been four fucking years? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Dustin is nodding sagely from the corner. Wow. Yeah, four years of saying the F word. That's a lot. very fucking true. <laughs> you guys, hide your kids. Hide your kids. Um, don't hide your facts, though. Do not. Allie, what did you learn this week? Okay. Can I give you two things? Tell me a bug fact. No, it's not a bug fact. I hid my bug facts. I learned some okay. things about bugs, but I cloaked it. Yes, I'm not going to go for it. two things. One thing, Freddy Krueger, Wes Craven named him after Fred Krueger, who was a bully in his school. That is so fucking cool. Isn't that awesome? That is like the best revenge. He's like, uh, hey, Fred Krueger, you're now a horrible yeah. child killer. Your name will always be synonymous with a horrible child killer. Isn't that great? That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to give you two. I'm sorry. I don't That was just cuz that was a quick one. That was a great one. Um Do you know anything about onions and cats? No. You can't I know a- about onions and I know about cats. Okay. But I don't know about onions and cats. Okay. Now you're about to learn something about the two of them together. I did, love it. Don't fucking feed your cat an onion mm. unless you want to murder your cat wow do you know you can't feed cats and dogs mo- really cats more than dogs but they ha- they have thiosulfate which causes a certain kind of anemia mm. you can really f up your cat i don't feed elvis onions but he does eat chips and i bet there's onion powder i, d- I didn't know this at all i don't have a dog or a cat i didn't either and i don't really like onions i've heard that generally anything that is round in its normal state you shouldn't feed animals Are seriously you serious? like dogs can't eat grapes they shouldn't eat like anything that's ever been round they shouldn't globular eat. poisons isn't that weird I didn't know that. Chocolate balls. Chocolate balls. Malt balls. Uh, um, and also that if they eat chocolate, if they eat really, if they eat your nice box of artisan chocolates, they're worse off than if they eat like your shitty Hershey's. Because Hershey's isn't like as good, a, uh, isn't as pure chocolate, so it doesn't hurt them as much. Uh, for branding opportunities, <laughs> uh, please contact <laughs> Allie and Georgia. Yep. Uh, all right. So the thing I learned this week, I love this. The dental enamel of everyone who lived through or were born during the Cold War carries traces of carbon-14, which is a byproduct of the uh, above-ground nuclear testing used, used, like, during the Cold War. So carbon-14 is a byproduct of these tests. It's an isotope that's spread all across the globe. And this is something that... that, um, that scientists use to determine 
so so if they find a dead body, they're able to um, determine the time of death and age of victims in forensic cases where teeth are available. Oh. Literally, all scientists need to do is compare the carbon fourteen records to how much of the stuff on the victims the victim has on its teeth. Are you reading this? Yes. <laughs> That's from crack.com. Um, well, obviously I'm reading it. I no, mean, I, know, I didn't memorize kidding. that shit. <laughs> no, Fuck. Do I look like I have a memory? So, number we have good news and bad news. We have bad news and bad news. Bad news, you're murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, a second bad news, you have isotopes in your teeth mm-hmm. from radioactive yeah. situations. But if you're murdered, I think that it's good news you have isotopes in your teeth because then they can figure out who you were that's true and and like you know find your killer no one wants to be a landfill corpse nope like i know that there are dead bodies in landfills right now and if i think about it then i just will never put on pants again parts it's not a whole body no there's full corpses let's ask our guest what she learned let's introduce our guest and ask her what she learned this guest is a very very good friend of mine i absolutely adore her i was a fan of hers before i was a friend i find myself lucky to call her a friend um she is host of the talk nerdy podcast uh also of skeptics guide she also is on greatest makers on tbs fab lab on fox uh Techno on Al Jazeera America, which is just having a final moment right now. And she's amazing. Her name is Kara Santa Maria. Kara. Hi. Hi. What did you learn? Oh, what did I learn? Okay. So we record Skeptic's Guide to the Universe on Wednesdays. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So I have two stories that I'm going to talk about on the show, neither of which I've done my research on. But in the two seconds before we started, I I got a leg up. And one thing that I learned, this is really fascinating. There are all these words in other languages that don't translate to English, right? Like schadenfreude. We talk about schadenfreude. Yeah, that's like a great word because it's, um, you know, when you like feel joy at somebody else's pain, (laughs) which is terrible. And it's a German word and we don't have an equivalent for it. So we just say schadenfreude. And so I found a really cool word here that I'm going to butcher because it's an Inuit and who knows how to pronounce Inuit (laughs) words. I know. Um, So it's Ichtswarpak. Ichtswarpak. Nailed it. I think that's it right there. That's right. And that is, I love this. The anticipation one feels when waiting for someone whereby one keeps going outside to check if they have arrived. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Isn't that a great word? Yeah. And there's no equivalent in, in English. It's like impatience. It's like yeah, it's like, it's like excitement and impatience. And you can't wait to see them. So you keep checking to see if they're here oh yet. Oh, my God. I do that. And it's also kind of refers to what it's like when you're waiting for your food to get delivered. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. They don't have one for, uh, yeah. for a DoorDash. Yeah, that yeah like for go here yet. Postmates. Uh, and that's you're like, so oh, I can't sweet. wait. I know. It's a fun I, word, right? I remember when I was a latchkey kid, I would sit on the doorstep and wait for my mom's car to pull up. Yeah. And I just think, God, that must be so sad to pull up and see like a 12-year-old daughter sitting on the steps just, really, uh, just <laughs> having... <laughs> having Yep, yep. How was what? How was Ixwarpak? Ixwarpak. Pretty good. Oh, that's a no. <laughs> so that relates to a story that you're doing on Skeptics? Yeah, so every week on Skeptics Guide to the Universe, um, we each do a science story. My science story this week is actually going to be about the fact, this was another thing I learned, that swearing does not mean that you have a limited vocabulary, but many yes. creative and intelligent people swear. God, this is right in my fucking alley. Yeah, right? I love this. So yeah, there's a story in Scientific American, I think it was in Scientific, yeah, all about a, a new linguistic study that showed that, yeah, the myth that People who swear more are limited in their vocabulary is bullshit, by the well, way. Actually, to be fair, though, I swear a lot 
And Allie has a better vocabulary than I do. <laughs> but Allie swears. I've already said the F word a couple times. Yeah, this. Allie swears. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear Allie swear for yeah. sure. Oh, for <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then um, the other segment, I have a mini segment on Skeptic's Guide, which is called What's the Word? And every week I introduce a new science word and I define it. I talk about how it's used in context in science and then I go through its etymology and where it came from. But since I stumbled upon this great article about all these words that don't have an English translation, I'm going to feature a few of them in my What's nice. the Word? Segment oh, these are so good. Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, your this episode will already be up so people go find it yeah yeah probably because i think we record skeptics guide every wednesday and it goes up every saturday oh yeah so it'll be so people can go find it gently stalk kara (laughs) on skeptics guide should we do a slumber party question let's hit you all right let's do let's go straight into it okay georgia hates this question Mm -hmm. do i yeah you hate it it's your least favorite we never ask it it's midnight snacks (laughs) love this question and I always ask it. This is George's favorite question. So we're starting right off the bat. Okay. So it's midnight. There's no one around. There's no one judging you. And I know you're a night owl. Like what time did you go to bed last night? Two. Okay. Yeah. Midnight is usually like when I'm winding down. (laughs) I'm usually still working at midnight, but I'm working in my PJs. Okay. Let's say late night snack. Late night. Okay. One of those. It's late night. Toddle off to the kitchen and make yourself somewhat shameful, but whatever. Midnight snack. What is it? Hmm. Or weird, even. Weird. I mean, my usual late night snack is just a bowl of cereal because I'm lazy. So that's, I mean, that's not that weird, though. I think that's like most people's late night what snack. What kind of cereal? Um, I'm torn between two types of cereal yeah. that I regularly eat cinnamon checks and frosted mini wheats. Those are both freaking good. Those are really good. But I'm weird because frosted mini wheats, I will only eat warm. What? I know. That is, there it is. <laughs> Hoddly, hoodly, what? How do you warm it up? So you have to warm up the milk first, mm-hmm. and then you put the cereal in. Because if you put the cereal in, and then the milk, and you put the whole thing in the microwave, Dude. it just turns into mush. I have never it's warmed up my so cereal. It's so good. So when I was a little girl, I refused to eat cold cereal. And so my mom would warm up all of my cereal, which is very strange. Every little kid cereal I would eat warm. I grew out of that, but mini wheats is a holdover. It's too hard. It hurts my mouth I, unless it's warm. Uh, this is like a revelation. It's to really me. good. You should try it. Because I love cereal. Oh, it's a whole new experience when it's hot. It's like a it's like a real dish. <laughs> I've never thought about that. Because you always hear of like when you when you go on like a diner menu and it's like hot cereal. Yeah, because yeah. that's usually oatmeal you or like cream of wheat. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Cara Santa Maria special. No, it's not just like frosted <laughs> flakes in the mouth. Microwave. You know what I think? You know what one of my obsessions is for late night is cream of wheat. Do you ever rock some cream of wheat? Uh, cream yeah. of wheat is a very southern thing. It's got a lot of, of people in the south too. Eat cream what do you of wheat? put on your cream of wheat? Though? I put a ch- either okay, pat of butter and either brown sugar or maple syrup. Yeah, that's what I do for my oatmeal. I'm not a big cream yeah. of wheat eater, but I'll do the just the regular oats. Yeah, you shake them in. Water only. I hate oatmeal with milk. It's gross. And then <laughs> I'll add, yeah, uh, brown sugar and maple oh, syrup. Oh, God. I need that now. That's One of my so favorite good. substances that I could just snort and just go into a coma is, you know, when you get the oatmeal packets, and there's like a maple and brown sugar mm-hmm. and all the sugar and maple settles at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You pour the packet in that goes on top and you're like, oops, I ate a spoonful of that alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. When I was a kid, they made this oatmeal called oatmeal swirlers. Do you guys remember? Yes. I totally remember. Yeah. Why don't they make that anymore? Because it was so good. Probably so bad for you. Probably. It was like a, what was it? It was, it like, was a- like oatmeal in a packet and then it came with a little like squeezy thing of like liquid sugar yeah. meth right yes. and it was so and it would be like strawberry fla- it would be any flavor under the sun and it was yes. just like a syrupy 
deliciousness. I definitely had that. Oh my that. god, it was so good. I yeah. forgot all about that. And now they, I want it back. What's happened to our country? <laughs> I don't know. Our, we're in a sad state. It, really? Wait, did you guys ever get the peanut butter and jelly that were swirled? My mom would never buy that. Goobers. No. Goobers. <laughs> no, we never got that. That was no, we didn't get, get too that complex for us. Yeah. Like I need to buy that as an adult. You know what I ate over the weekend? Speaking of gross snacks, that like yeah. this is my like if it's Super Bowl, if it's WrestleMania, which it was, or if there's like some event where there's going to be snacks and you don't have to eat it all. Uh, you can get whatever you want, you know? So I got a fucking pub cheese, orange cheese ball with nuts on it. <laughs> I love pub cheese. I love that it's pretty much just tangy clay, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but it's so good. And I started by putting it on mini toast, and then I got gross and took, like, butter crackers, like, sociables. Sure. Yeah. And I just, and I was like, you know what? Diet starts never. That works. Fuck Whenever it. I have a party, I will always make my classic queso because oh. I'm a Texan. Yes. And Texans love queso. And it's extra good because I put taco meat in it. Yeah, delish. Your queso's so my queso is bomb. Yeah, Um, because also it's really cheap. When you do a big party, it's really cheap to go brunch. Brunch is super cheap. Yeah, so you can make like scrambled eggs, and you can make yeah, and then chorizo, and then queso, and you can feed a lot of people for like very little money. So that's a good way to always go about it. Yeah, really cheap. That's a good Um, point. But my other late night snack, which is super embarrassing, and this is only for special occasions, by the way. I am such a sucker for those little tubes of uh, cinnamon rolls that you bake, like the little Pillsbury (gasps) cinnamon rolls that pop when you open them. That is probably, honestly, if I could eat that every day and not become 900 pounds, I would, because it's like my favorite thing in the world. I love cinnamon rolls. Isn't it funny how there's so many breakfast foods that I would never think of eating for breakfast, like, you know, cinnamon roll French toast or like even pancakes, but I would eat the fuck out of them at night. Cereal, sugary cereals, I wouldn't (laughs) eat that for breakfast. Yeah, no, it's true. For breakfast, you want to eat something kind of normal and healthy and start the day generally maybe right. not brunch maybe not like a weekend brunch right. yeah, but yeah, fuck that. on breakfast on breakfast you're like okay i'm gonna go healthy because i know i'm just gonna decline yeah, as the day goes i know on. that's the thing is like you get a reset button every day so you're like well it's 11 58 like <laughs> yeah. let's eat some it's fucking over. cinnamon rolls the like, day is so over. True. there's uh, nothing expected of me uh-huh. let's ask your perfect day yeah Ooh. okay your perfect it always day. Ours always yeah, involves know, the like, it involves we spot yeah yeah, yeah it usually does like just all the things that are perfect your perfect day you can be anywhere you can be doing anything with mm. anyone where do you wake up where do you go to sleep <sighs> what do you do in between okay perfect perfect and this is all just based on my personal experiences not like things that I wish I could do or things I've never done that seem like they would be perfect because there's all these places I still want to go but who knows they might be shit okay so I think the perfect place I would wake up would be in Paris because Aww. Paris is my favorite city um, of all the places I've been I think I have the most fun there so I'd love to wake up in Paris and then like Sleep in as late as I want to because I love sleep. Yes. My perfect day is like full of sleep. Mine too. And then I would go to a cafe and I would have like nine cups of coffee, which is so weird because I'm not actually a big coffee drinker. But in Paris, I drink so much coffee. It cannot, in this fantasy, it cannot affect you. The it can't affect you. Does. And can't for some reason you. in Paris, coffee doesn't affect you. It's the weirdest thing. I don't huh. know why. You walk around and I always drink Cafe Clem. That's the way I order it. What's what that? is it? Coffee with cream. Oh. It's the best coffee. Cafe Clem. There's a lot of different ways to order, but that one I can say, and sounds it tastes good. good. It yeah, sounds great. so it's like heavy cream, so it's like yeah, really it's like, like thick dense. cream and coffee. It's delicious with a croissant on the side, <laughs> with like a little bit of uh, like strawberry jam, which mm. I cannot say. Strawberry in French is like cliss. I can't pronounce oh, right. it. It's pretty good. good. Yeah, I don't know. That's good. The only thing I can really say in French that I learned from going there a few times is um, "Je suis désolée, je ne comprends pas." Yes, <laughs> that's, that. yeah. That means I'm so sorry. 
I don't understand. <laughs> and then they go, oh, okay, and they start oh, talking to you totally. in English. If you start, if you say, je suis désolé, je suis très stupide en français, it means, I'm so sorry, I'm very stupid in French. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's very helpful. And they're like, oh, well, I speak English. Yeah, yeah they're like, right. they all speak English, yeah. but you've got to at least try. Totally. If you're like, I'm an American, I hate myself. Yeah. Je suis, uh, I guess, <laughs> je me déteste or something. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I hate you also. We, we have something in common. Thank you for trying to not be hateful. <laughs> totally. Two things you need for, for, for Paris. Don't wear sneakers no matter what what yeah. the occasion really? that's true like yeah. leather shoes okay. you guys or yeah. something i wear combat boots every day and that sure. seems to Cute. be fine yeah, yeah. Right. but my french but uniform no. is the same as my uh, new york uniform it's like combat boots and a trench coat and you're fine you're <laughs> so good to you go look like a high school it, exactly shooter. i just look right. like i look like i am in berlin or something yeah <laughs> just like like a dark brooding that's would wear perfect. That. You fit in jelly donut. Then. Wait, what yeah. else would you do in Paris that day? Yeah. Oh, I would. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm done. I would just <laughs> drink it. coffee and eat croissants <laughs> and watch um, people. What else is a perfect day? Probably a spa day. And I love Korean spa, but Korean spa for me is kind of like the way to cheap out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, Chinese foot massage is the full on way to I cheap love. out. I do Chinese foot massage like once a week. They're so good. They're so good. Um, but I would probably go to like a really baller spa. If mm-hmm. it's my perfect day, I have all the money in the world, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and I would get like a really long scrub and a massage and a facial probably i never get facials because even though they feel amazing i every time i get a facial i'm like how did i just spend two hundred dollars for somebody to wash my face (laughs) no i know it's always two hundred dollars it's always two hundred dollars and i'm always like i could have done that shit at home there's a lot of it you can do at home yeah like you can't give yourself a back massage but you can reach your whole face i know (laughs) you can get you can just boil a pot of water and then put it on your coffee table and put a towel over it and your face is steamed yeah i know do a biore strip you guys a face mask and a scrub yeah so so i would like i would let the professionals do all of that work but that's why you get the extras like microdermabrasion which i have one at home i've never done that does it hurt Sounds no, like you don't need it. I don't like I the word tell. abrasion. Is on yeah, it, you know? that's fair. I usually do at home. I'm a sucker for sheet masks, like the Ooh, ones they put on you at the spa, yeah. oh, at right. the Korean spa. Yeah, so those better than regular masks. They just stay on. I don't yeah. know. I like them, and they feel weird and slimy and good. I, know. I always <laughs> see those, and they just look so ghoulish. They look ghoulish. Also, yeah, you get to feel like a serial killer totally. after your murder stuff, you do. <laughs> which is kind of fun walking around your house, <laughs> and you can scare your boyfriend. I love it. Yeah, I scared <laughs> Allie really once good. when we were staying at a hotel together, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. Hey. I, I came into the, it was an Airbnb, and I came into the living room, and you were just like suddenly Friday the 13th or something <laughs> like in the living room, but you, afterward, you looked fantastic. No, yeah, it feels great, too, yeah. and I don't know. It just feels, I'm sure it's all bullshit. Like this is me, you know, I, I work on skeptics guide. I'm a skeptic activist. It's very important for me that I always talk about evidence-based thinking and where does the science fall into place. But there are some beauty things that I am a total sucker for yeah. where I'm like, I'm sure that this does nothing. Everything is bullshit. I know it's all bullshit, but it makes me feel good. Yeah. It's like massage. It's, it's, you know, I don't know if it's a placebo effect or if it's just like the pampering aspect is more important than the lasting scientific effects yeah. of it but i don't know it feels good to okay. be girly sometimes it does. so and yeah my like, perfect day i'd be girly to be touched and rubbed and yeah oh my like god it's so good it's just gotta so be nice. some something with some oxytocin happening yeah. oh for sure like even bobby fisher didn't he say like the one of the last quotes that he said even when he was full-on in his crazy throws at the end of his life um and he was somebody who never wanted to be near anybody else but yeah. he said something like there's there's nothing so calming as the human touch that really guy sweet. if he thinks that then yeah it's exactly because it's really him. meaningful like it does a lot for people especially people who struggle with like autism or asperger's you know 
kinds of disorders that don't allow you to be close. Yeah. You even hear these amazing stories about like, um, oh, what's her name? The the farmer. Temple Grandin. Yeah, Temple Grandin's like hugging machine yeah, and things she, like that because you do need yeah. touch. And it's like doing it like I fucking I, I used to be really weird about hugging. It made me really uncomfortable. And then I just I hug more than anyone, I think, because I know it makes me uncomfortable and I know I need to. I need to actively seek it out. It is. I'm not the biggest hugger. It's like, you know, I like you if I'll give you a yeah. hug. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like Aww. really uncomfortable. I made both people. of you guys hug me as soon as you came in. I Yay. hug you now every time I see you because I know it means something to you. Oh, that I be, do. Otherwise you wouldn't. Right. <laughs> I have a question. I was going to ask based on skeptics. I wanted to uh-huh. get your opinion on ghosts because you just posted something about ghosts. Yes. yes. But can, quick sidetrack before we get back to that. Yeah. You have a therapist, right? We've all been to therapy here, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, every th- week. I've been with my shrink for five years now. Oh. Really? This shrink. I mean, I've been with a shrink my whole life, but this shrink, we just hit like our five-year mark. Oh, I'm very romantic. proud. Yeah. Question. Yes. Yeah. Do you hug your shrink goodbye? No. 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 I had a shrink that did that, and I didn't know. That's no, not, I that's, think that's okay. It might be okay, but that's like, did he Did he ask? Is it a he or she? she? It was a girl. Oh, that's better. I did she ask? No, it was just like, okay, well, bye. Huggy, huggy, I bye, think bye. if you've been crying... Yeah. And she needs a way to like end it on a like I'm here for you. Okay. I think, and it's a female, and you've been going. And to it's her. female, yeah, that's true. Because my my shrink's a dude, so I cannot imagine giving yeah. him a right. hug goodbye. I'd be like, this is highly. My shrink. talk about it on the <laughs> yeah, whole next exactly. session. I feel very close to the shrinks I've had, but I think that they know that I, I'm not. Like, I think I would know by you and how emotional you can get when you're talking about emotional things that you cry. And it's like, let's end this on a kindness. Okay, I think that hugging you would make sense to me i don't have that kind of relationship with my shrink my my shrink is very much like it's funny because he'll he'll have this concern face and then i'll be like you're only doing that because i'm paying you and then he'll be like (laughs) you pay me for my therapeutic advice but you don't pay me to care oh my (laughs) god Shut up. Yeah, if it was a guy, I would never go to him again. <laughs> He's crying a single tear. Yeah, I have to hug like, you now. Jesus like, this is an extra $10 for this tear. But I do love that my shrink has a bulldog that <gasps> doesn't always come, but has oh. periodically had to come to the office, and he sleeps in a little bed, and his name is Sigmund. Oh, <laughs> my God. That would be so comforting to be able to look over and see a dog sleeping. I Except know. sometimes he snores, and then he, like, apologizes <laughs> profusely. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so oh sorry. Oh, my like, God. It's really I, okay. I want to go to this guy just for the dog aspect. He's amazing. Yeah. I love my shrink. But he's very, we're more like peers. Like he treats me like a peer. I think because I'm really combative and I'm very, I also studied psychology and neuroscience. Yeah, so right. I, I'm super, and I'm skeptical all the time. So I'm like, that's bullshit. I'm not buying that. Let's go this route. And he's like, okay, but I'm just going to push you out of your comfort zone like here. That. So we're almost like, it's almost like we went to school together mm-hmm. and then he pushes me, which I like. I like that. And I think with my therapist too, I get really analytical. Like, why do I do these things? And I don't cry about it. It's not emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, trying to understand my my mind. Mm-hmm. And so it's a discussion instead of being like, I, my boyfriend is a, you know, wham. Like, but my shrink always wants me to do that. that. I know. He's like, they must want you to. He's like, how are you feeling right now? And I'm like, hungry. <laughs> 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 tire yeah. like I can never it's always the first question how are we feeling today and I'm like you know I can't answer that question yeah. that is the hardest question for me to answer that's a hard one I'm not good with the feels I mean, oh my yeah. god I'm just like thank you for asking <laughs> my cradles my therapist tends to cradle me in her arms mostly. <laughs> and then she sometimes feeds me small small bits of oh, bread and there's like a wall of pacifiers yes. yeah. <laughs> we're weaning we're weaning <laughs> no my old my other shrink used to hug and this new shrink as soon as I saw her she looks like she should live in 
Berlin. She's just like very she like means angular. Business. Yes. Yeah. So we don't hug. We hugged once after I had been crying a lot. And then the next time we didn't hug, and I was like, oh, am I supposed to keep? But I can t- I don't think she's a hugger. That's yeah. good. But let's get to ghost story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Have skeptics. One? I'm so sorry I keep oh, putting. Oh, I'm we're so doing a ghost story oh, thing. This here? is going to be hilarious. Right. This is like I'm like the exact wrong person to ask about ghosts. I love this because we're always in this tent and we're always talking about ghost stories and everyone believes in them. And I'm the skeptic, but I want to believe really bad. Right. <laughs> I want to believe because it's fun to believe. It is. Sure. Sure. It's it's like holidays. Like you can be an atheist and still do Purim. Oh, yeah. But you know what I mean? And you can kind of believe that ghosts probably aren't real, but you can still celebrate Looks seeing like you can them. celebrate Santa Claus, even though you know Santa Claus. I celebrate Christmas yeah. because I love it. I love right. Christmas. Like I'm not going to let the Christians take Christmas nope. away from me. Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if one day we find out ghosts are real? Okay. <laughs> just what if? So what Hilarious. does the skeptic think what of it? just <laughs> don't? Okay, so... Number one, have you ever had any paranormal experiences that you can explain? Okay. Or aliens? I actually don't think I ever have. I've talked to a lot of people who have had, like, personal experiences. My mom is a good example because my mom was Mormon. She she, um, converted with my dad before I was born. But she's not really. I don't even think. She left the religion probably before I did. And now she would probably most associate with, like, being a secular humanist. Hmm. I don't know if she would use the atheist label, but she an atheist. But she used to talk about things like... I don't know, having feelings and premonitions. Like she would be like, I don't want you to go to this party. I just have a bad feeling. And I'd be like, whatever, mom, I'm going anyway. Um, And so she would talk about stuff like that. I personally have never had any sort of vision, any sort of experience where I've seen. And and even if I did, I'm sure I would have explained it away. Um, But no, maybe that helps contribute because a lot of people who struggle with the skeptic side struggle because they've had personal anecdotal experience. And as we know, the plural of anecdote is not data, but they uh, (laughs) but they do struggle because it's really hard when you have a emotional valence that's attached to an experience. But I've never had anything like that. I'm the skeptic and I've had experiences. Yeah. Yeah, so and because you can't explain them. I mean, I would think that even if I did, it would be very easy for me to go back to all of the knowledge I have about pattern recognition in the brain and how we process different kinds of... Um, this was the story that I that I covered on Skeptic's Guide last week, how we process certain types of... Um, like sensory... Yeah, what do you call them? Optical illusions mm-hmm. and how your brain fills in the, in the differences and how it might be quite easy to to see things that aren't there or to interpret them as things that are beyond what they actually are because our brains actually evolve to fill in those kinds of blanks. So that would be, even if I had an experience, it would probably be easy for me to explain it. Ali, I can see your heart breaking. (laughs) I know. know, It's just my, it's just my world, my world shattering. Right. But it's not like, yeah, no, What's your favorite kind of ghost. No, I totally get it. I like old (laughs) colonial ghosts. Nice. I like them. Like civil war. Do you like like civil war? Ghosts? Yeah, like weird jodfers, people who fought the good fight but died and they're still pissed about it. Uh, um, but you don't like evil ghosts? See, I'd be down to be an evil ghost. I remember when I was a kid and I was struggling with religion. And like my friend Kelly and I, I remember jumping on the trampoline with her and talking about how when I die, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to go to hell because I think it would be more fun because nobody's making sure you don't do bad stuff. You just get to do bad stuff all the time. And then it would be cool because we could like haunt people. <laughs> my sister and I promised each other when we were little kids that we would haunt each other when we died. Me and oh. my sister too. Oh, you of know course. what? A friend yeah, of like... ours, is she a mutual friend? Is Rachel, I'm not going to say yeah. her last name mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yes. So uh, she recently lost her sister, which was horrible because very, very young to, to to breast cancer, Ugh. but she would tell me these really sweet stories. Um, 
kind of towards the end about how her sister's like, you know, I'm going to haunt you. <laughs> like, you know, I'm that's gonna, like, so cool. You'll hear songs on the radio. You'll Aww. see things and you'll know that that's going to be me. I'm gonna and cry. I, I know it's so sweet, but Did, it's, you know, that's has awesome. anything happened? Has probably. she been like, is she like, there was a slice of pie and it moved across the yeah, table? Yeah, probably. Because like, I think that we do. It's like the movie Pie, actually, that you yeah. mentioned Pie, where when you're looking for certain numbers, you see them everywhere. And I, I do I think love, that, yeah. I do love those little symbols and signs that we take as meaning something yeah even you know? if they don't it's it's tradition it's meaningful i mean for me as a skeptic i think it's important to make that distinction yeah but i don't think that means that we should ignore that aspect of ourselves which is really um needing for tradition yeah. i just think that we should make sure that we are i don't know cognizant enough to know the difference right yeah. that we're not dumbasses. exactly like when you do there are people who do ritualistic things before like big games yeah. or you know are superstitious about things you hopefully know that if you break the superstition literally nothing bad will happen but yeah. you do it because it it makes it more fun it gives you confidence that it won't happen yeah and it adds a layer of like interest to your day Definitely. you know what i mean so i don't think there's really anything wrong with doing unskeptical things in your life so long as you have a skeptical viewpoint about them but i'm not an activist the way that some people are i just on my podcast um talked to david silverman who's the president of american atheists so we're both atheists he recently wrote a book called fighting god he's the president of american atheists and he's the most firebrand atheist i've ever met wow. i wrote the foreword to his book i am not a firebrand atheist and we talked about the differences i think it's important that there are people like him who are at the front lines of the activism where he's like if you don't call yourself an atheist you're bad for the movement and blah 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 i'm not like that but i'm glad that there are people like that because i think it takes all types to like move the agenda forward but i think it's the same thing with skepticism i'm probably not as hardcore as the hosts of the show that I co-host. Yeah. I'm not as hardcore as, as Dr. Novella, but I am proud to be among the ranks. I would never, like, I get that in that I would never argue with someone that God doesn't exist. I would never do that. Someone who believes that God exists, I wouldn't fucking argue with them about it. And I wouldn't argue with someone, someone believes in ghosts, and they ask me why I don't, I'll tell them, but I wouldn't... Right tell someone your ghost story didn't really happen right. that time you think you saw your grandma she wasn't there you know like I wouldn't do that I you I, I for for me it's like you have to know when it's appropriate too yeah. because I will say things like that but it depends on the emotional context yeah whereas David has no sacred cows at all which I really appreciate about him and so he will just say shit at inappropriate time like even my grandma died two weeks ago now oh, I just I'm went so home sorry. for oh it's okay she was like 95 Mine she was a too. tough she old broad really oh my so gosh that's amazing she's she's yeah she was life. she was totally good yeah. and she was you know fully with it until the end that's great. and so I was just home for her for her burial but when I had David on the podcast I was telling him you know at my grandpa's funeral like 15 years ago my grandma was like go up there go to the body and do the the communion I was like ah you know because they're so catholic and I was like, you know, and I'm, I'll go through the motions. Sure. Like, I don't give a shit. And he's all like, you shouldn't have. And you should have told your dead grandma. Oh, yeah. David. Whoa, dude. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, it's but, you for know, her. Yeah, it's, it's, not like, it's not for me. Isn't there something from a neuroscience perspective, mm -hmm. you being a neuroscientist, mm -hmm. that, um, that human beings are always are looking for faces because we need community. We So don't we see, we see faces in grilled cheese. We see faces in patterns. So isn't there something to, to be said in terms of seeing a ghost or seeing a person? You're just maybe seeing two dots in a slash. Always. Yeah. It's like we see pattern where pattern doesn't exist. Your walls are a great example because you have these beautiful plaster walls. I'm assuming, is this like a 20s building? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have these beautiful Texture. uh, textural patterned walls. I'm sh If I were laying in bed here in 
your apartment for some reason. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, just staring at the walls. I would see all sorts of things yeah. in your walls. It's very common. It's why there's a man in the moon. You know, it's why Mother Mary is on everything. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, that would fully explain why we see most ghosts. But Well, that's why I, when I have my ghost experiences when I was a kid, I'm like, well, I had an active imagination. Yeah. The things I saw were, you know, ghosty. They yeah. weren't like a full uh, apparition. It was an, an apparition. Yeah, Didn't and that's the great thing about ghosty. My closet open, though. Your closet opened, yeah. which is not pattern recognition. No, but, but that can happen when somebody closes. If there's certain doors that are open in a house and they close other ones, it's like an air pressure shift. No, I, I think I imagined it. That definitely didn't <laughs> that happen. That can also happen. It was late at night. I know. I remember seeing it. I know I saw that happening, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it happened. Yeah, and that's, an, that's a common thing, too, is that people think of memory as though it works like a tape recorder but it Mm -hmm. absolutely does not which is why we're finally getting hip to the fact that eyewitness testimony is not the best kind of testimony to have in a courtroom it's like oh but that guy saw it so we know what happened not necessarily yeah that guy's that i mean no and the way that the brain even sees and experiences things aren't aren't necessarily what's happening no emotionally charged you're right based on all sorts of previous experience and they've done so many wonderful cognitive experiments where everybody looks at the exact same car wreck footage (gasps) and then they're primed with different ways they're primed with thinking that this driver was drunk or they're primed with thinking that that person was distracted and then they'll they'll report that so-and-so hit so-and-so when it was the other way around. It's like totally different based on the priming. I That's really mm-hmm. interesting. Or even yeah. like if this person looks like someone who was mean to you when you were a kid, you're like, it was his fault, even if it wasn't. Totally. This happened to me the other day. I was on set with my producer, who I love, on one of the shows I'm working on, and she... <laughs> There was a woman who I was like, don't you love her? Isn't she great? She was a guest. I was like, isn't she great? She was like, she reminds me of this girl I went to high school with. And I really didn't like her. Her name was Freddy Krueger. Yeah, she's like, I'm trying to get past it. But honestly, I have a bad taste in my mouth about her. And I know why. Wow. That's hilarious. It happens. You meet somebody whose name is like somebody else's name or whose face kind of reminds you. And then you automatically either like them or dislike them and you have to actually get past that cognitive bias so for me as again as a skeptical activist it's not about fully embracing or fully changing who you are it's about recognizing it we all have biases you know we talk about women in the sciences for example or women in hollywood and how we are really underrepresented how we make way less money how um we aren't offered the jobs that um that are equivalent to jobs of men. But what we don't often stop and think about is that we personally have biases. We harbor them as women. And until we can look past those biases, like it's not just that the men's world looks at women as being less able to negotiate or weaker or less competent. We do that too. So until we can recognize that in ourselves, we can't break these kinds of things. We do it with ourselves and with other women or just, are you saying just with ourselves? Both. Both. Yeah, both. I mean, depending on who you are, some women don't, but generally speaking, again, these kinds of uh, scientific uh, experiments in, in psychological science and social science will literally test for underlying biases and things like priming people with different faces and then choosing which one do you think is more competent. And over and over, women have the same kinds of preconceived notions as men, it, but they're subconscious. We don't realize it. Oh my yeah. God, even if you don't have a dick, you're a dick. I know. Well, you think so about it's like when you got to recognize it. When you're raised to think that yeah, to be like uh, meek and everyone is, even right. like other women, I'm like, they're great. They can do anything. And then with myself, I don't believe that. Yeah. And we're totally socialized to, to look at gender roles the way that kind of all of society has yeah. for, you know, hundreds of years. There's a reason. Yeah. And so we have to work on that. I mean, we were even talking about it offline the other day about the fact that like w- women generally 
generally, I'm making a generalization right. because a lot of women don't fall in this category, don't negotiate as aggressively as men when we're talking about jobs. And part of that is that we don't want to rock the boat. Part of that is that we undervalue ourselves. And part of it is that we don't want to come across as assholes. Yeah. Totally. Whereas that that gender norm just doesn't exist in men. They're like, whatever, I'm going to get what I deserve. That doesn't make me an asshole. That yeah. makes me strong. Right. Whereas we're like, oh, I don't want him to think I'm a bitch. Right. I don't want anyone to shit talk me as soon as I leave the room. Yeah. yeah. Or this idea of like, we have this idea, especially in this world in entertainment, where it's like, well, I don't want to come off too strong. So when they ask me for my rate, if it's too high, I'm afraid I'll scare them away. Totally. Oh, to- yeah. oh, but so again, women, meek shall inherit the earth, right? <laughs> Just be, be meek. Let's talk. Let's do fuck that. Okay. Fuck that. Fuck okay. that. We always end the show. Mm-hmm. Two things. One thing uh, you love so much, you would lay it down tenderly and lay with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And slow bone it. And another thing that you hate so much, it can fuck off to space forever. <laughs> okay. So my hate is, uh, I'm really mad at, uh, the combination meter of a Prius from 2007, <laughs> 2004 to 2009. I think it's the, your dashboard, it's your speedometer. Apparently they just wig out and they just go out and they break. But, Prius, this is so fucking specific, but my combination meter, my speedometer light, illuminated light, went out two months after my nine-year warranty expired, and it cost $2,000 to fix, and I called Toyota to be like, come on. What in the actual fuck? Right, because they they extended this warranty to nine years because this thing breaks so often. It's like, should have been a recall. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. How is that not a recall? It's a safety concern. Right? It's cheaper to not. I argued. So I called them up and was like, like, first I was like, you know, (laughs) it's so Uh. funny. I'm an expired two months ago which is nothing and then they're like yeah you're fucked and I was like get <gasps> me someone else <laughs> mean Allie came out your manager. Um, <laughs> it's fun to watch mean Allie come out I tried different things with different people being right. like maybe I'll scare you into saying I could die yeah. anyway I'm super pissed that it happened to go on the blink Did nine years okay? and two months I'm in the middle of dealing with it right now so does this mean that it only doesn't illuminate at night or you just can't read anything all the nope. time never just doesn't turn so on so you just have to pace yourself with other traffic yeah and you also don't know wow. what gear you're in oh my uh, god so I was gonna say uh, before you said this to sell your car but like you, but no one's gonna buy it. buy it yeah well it's, and the thing is it's intermittent so oh, oh so you not, gotta sell your car when it's lit up totally. exactly <laughs> anyway trade in when it, you gotta pull into the first fucking how dealership how do you feel about being what? a Prius owner well there's a, like there's Prius pre I polarized Pri- people in LA. Well, you have a Volt, right? No, I have a I have a Spark. Oh, you better. have a Spark. I have a Spark. So I've got a plug-in electric. Mm-hmm. It's not a hybrid at all. Right. Yeah. Because there's the the Chevy has a Spark, a Volt, and a Bolt coming out. The Bolt out. is wow. coming out, and right. I want to trade up to it if I can't get the new Tesla because mm-hmm. the range is extended like leaps and bounds right. on the Bolt. It's right. Like two fifty or something. Yeah. My range yeah. right now is eighty. Wow. Right. Which is common for elect- like this first generation of electrics. We all had like an 80 to 100 range, but the except new for, range is going to be amazing. Except, except for, for the, the Tesla, Tesla Model S, which, which is comparable. The Bolt should have a comparable range yeah, to the Tesla the Model Tesla S. and the new Tesla, too. But, I mean, that's like a, you know, the, the original. The Model S after the bells and whistles, because nobody gets like the basic Tesla. Right. It's like $130,000 yeah. car. Holy mackerel. My car was 199 a month on lease. So. Well, hello. <laughs> My next car is going to be a Honda Fit. I'm just waiting until I can get it. I um, Is the Fit a plug-in hybrid? No. Nope. It's just, it's a, just a good yeah. gasoline. But my nice. Prius, my Prius um, 
mechanic told me that I should just get a straight gasoline engine because I travel so much. She's like, oh. Prius, a, an electric car needs to be, an electric hybrid wants to it's be driven every car. day. Yeah. Oh. And I'm gone for sometimes a week or so. But anyway. But you anyone, could also like pay somebody to just like drive it around the block. Sure. Or like, we have, yeah, we have friends we have who friends willing to do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah. But I if anyone works at Toyota yeah, and wants annoying. to, uh, my email's Allie Ward at Gmail. A-L-I-E. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm in the middle of dealing with y'all. Because I'm a little steamed about it. Yeah. And I am a lifelong Toyota driver. I know, me too. I, was, I, I, I had a Yaris before I moved over. The I only reason I didn't, because Toyota has the Leaf. It's yeah. too big. Yeah. I didn't like it. It's too big, too many blind spots. So I, I moved on. Oh, I hate a blind spot. Me out. Too many fuck blind a blind spot. spot. Yeah. Um, Jordan, what do you hate? What do what you do fuck? I hate? Okay, I hate that the new mood stabilizer I'm taking, called Lamictal, is working fucking great. I feel great. Yay. But it causes in ten percent of the people a life-threatening rash. And do you have it? No, but <laughs> you have to check every single inch of your body, Aww. like regularly for the first like three months. What does the rash look like? I don't know. I Wait, don't there's know. There's no pictures of it. Yes. Oh, uh, Dustin. No. Dustin is also on. Are you on the mental? Also, how is it working? It's great. <laughs> I've liked it. I've been on it for a year, and I've, I'm bipolar, and I probably like eight months out of the year don't even have a problem anymore. But so everybody is afraid of the rash, so you have to take it in really small increments, like really tiny doses, and then you build it up because this rash is kind of like meth. It'll come out randomly anywhere on your body, any part of your skin, anywhere, and it's like wherever it comes out will like disfigure it or burn <gasps> you basically. Yeah. It's called the rash. And it can it's come just called your, the rash. It's called the rash. You, if you see it, you have to run to the hospital and get a steroid. But wherever it comes out, your face, your genitals, your hands, you'll have a scar. Like, oh, no. And, and they say that your face turns red first. So I'm, I'm looking for that. But like... You what look good it, so far. I, I wouldn't find. <laughs> yeah, right? you wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be concerned. That's the thing is that it's working. And I was just on this other one that wasn't working. So it's like... I don't want to, I have to take it. Uh. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like, I am so glad that I found an antidepressant that works really well for yeah. me. I'm on citalopram, which is Celexa. Uh -huh. And it's like beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's like I'm sober. It's like I'm not on meds. It feels but, great. Yeah, when I first decided to start meds, it was a nice little game of musical chairs of things that fucked me up is. so And bad. the ones I'm on, like this is a mood stabilizer that just goes with to help my other antidepressants mm -hmm. that I'm on. And th so those weren't working well enough. So I'm taking this too. And yeah. I don't think I can take this alone. It's just so fucking complicated. It is complicated. It's worth it to it's find it. It's so important yeah. to get on stuff that actually works. because and stick with it. Because your, your, your quality of life is like through the roof after that. I am not exhausted right now for the first time during the day in like years. But side effects are scary. It's true. Yeah. I remember when I had MRSA. And which is was Ooh. horrible, methicillin resistant staff, oh, you know, the you super bug. Holy shit. Um, I was living in New York and my roommate worked at a gym. And oh, I'm pretty sure he I was going to say, were you doing jujitsu? Yes. Like, super that's disgusting. where you get mercy. Yeah. So it was up. under my arm and I didn't no. notice because I thought it was razor burn at first. Oh. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. So I finally did the whole thing, went to the dermatologist, they lanced it, they gave me an antibiotic. It turned out to be resistant after the lab test came mm. back. And so then they gave me a new antibiotic and that was a sulfa drug. Turns out I was allergic to it oh and when you're allergic to sulfa drugs you get this crazy reaction where it looks like you have measles and I didn't know and so I was like what is happening Fuck. to my body because it started on my stomach and then it just goes all over your body oh, and it's these I'm little like red itching right now. <laughs> I'm like itching. Crazy. Oh you're itching. Let me just sorry to interject. Let me just tell you about the week from hell two weeks ago. No. Do you see my hand? Yeah. You see these faint little dots all over my yeah. hand? Do you know what those are bites from? Oh no what? 
bed bugs. No, <laughs> get away from me. I know, right. disgusting. Is this your love? This is your hate, right? This, this is, is your I, I, yeah. This is my hate. That's so, your hate. So two two weeks ago, I was in New York. I was working on two separate jobs. The first job was a hot mess. They put me on an eighteen hour day. I was exhausted, and by like hour ten of the day, I started realizing I had these little bumps that itch like crazy. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Turns out. I had fucking bed bugs. Uh -huh. I had to send all of my shit to like a giant oven to have it For decontaminated. Where you were or like no, I wasn't living there. I was just was a, in a hotel. In New York. In right? New York. And in Chelsea. Had, and they had bed bugs. Yeah. So luckily, I was able to like like quarantine yeah. everything decon it and then for my next job i was in williamsburg so they were able to like pick it up from this hotel send it to that hotel so i know i didn't bring anything home thank That's god but like great and then my grandma died like on the <laughs> flight home it was like the fucking yeah. worst week ever oh, no, no. <laughs> so yes i hate bed bugs because they make you so paranoid i mean i keep saying if you're gonna get bed bugs it's the best way to get them is in a hotel totally. and not at your own house throw but everything I was, away i know i was so nervous i was gonna bring them home luckily like there's no evidence there's nothing and it's been weeks now if you're scared of it i heard that if you put your suitcase in the bathtub while do. you're checking yeah that they can't get out of the bathtub that's what people do they can't but get out of the bathtub nope they can't like climb up the bathtub i don't know they, they, sloppy? they, they get you in the bed i think that's the most yeah, but like I if mean, you come home and you want to make sure that you don't have it put all your shit in the bathtub the bathtub first. for you the yeah. problem is that you light don't it on see fire. them <laughs> you don't light. see them they only come out at night yeah. and get this the bites can show up weeks after you get them oh, so it's like me. almost it's impossible up. to tell yeah. when you got them and actually they had an exterminator come into the hotel room and look for evidence and they couldn't find a shred of evidence <gasps> which makes me think that i might have actually gotten bitten in a cab a cab <gasps> or on the subway you could Isn't totally get it from disgusting a cab for sure Allie looks I even had one on my devastated. Face. Oh. It was and my poor makeup artist was like, Ooh, I got it. I got the uh, work to do. Oh I still have a scar. Like you can Holy see shit. It. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so gross. No. So that's my hate. I'm never traveling again. It's oh my, my hate. God. But there is a great book, by the way, about bed bugs by Brooke Borrell, who's an amazing science journalist that you should read. It's packed away right now, but I cannot wait to read it once I've unpacked all of my boxes because now I have like a new interest in everything What's bed it bugs. Called? I think it's called Infected Woo! or something Ooh, like that. that. Yeah. Fun. I when we had sci science uh, communication camp, sci-com camp. Wearing my sci-com camp T-shirt. Sure. That's, that's cute. That's really um, cute. In November, there were a bunch of books by science communicators written, and that was one of the books. Yeah. And someone's like, "Al, you'll love this book." And I was like, "I love bugs, and I know a lot about bed bugs, but I don't think I could read a whole thing without itching my skin off yeah. my body." Well, Freaking that's what I out. asked her. She was a guest on my podcast, and she was so nice to donate a stack of books right. to sci-com camp. Um, and I was like, Brooke. You know people read in bed. What are you doing? Oh, Seriously. Oh, bathtub reading. It's bathtub, bathtub reading. Bathtub reading only. <laughs> only. All right, Allie, what do you love? One thing I love. Let's end on a positive note. You guys, okay, aside from our Slumber Party podcast Facebook group, which oh. I'm so in love with. Everyone we have join. It's a secret private group, so you have to be approved to be in it, but then we talk all kinds of smack. We say the F word a lot, and we talk about what people <laughs> love and learn yeah, and all that stuff. So great. I love everyone in that so much. But I, you guys, this is the dorkiest love in the world. Do it. I really love Westway's magazine, the free magazine you get when you're a AAA member. <laughs> totally. They like they tell they do this thing where they're like, here's a small town Main Street. Here's what's on it. Go to it. And you're like, I would go to San Diego. I know. <laughs> go to Main Street. It's 
this magazine that if you're a AAA member, they send it to you, but it's all like, it's Southern California, so it's just like road trips you can take that are less than 45 minutes away. And this little fish fry place, and like, this is what downtown Los Angeles looked like in 1920. Different hikes for different levels of like hiker. I know, and I just wow. love it, and it comes, and I'm always so excited. <laughs> so, it comes. It's so sweet. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a charming I know. magazine. That's I amazing. hope it never folds. Oh, print journalism. I love anyway, it. what do you love, Georgia? Um, I love another podcast that I want to talk about called Someone Knows Something. Um, it's a pod. The, you have to listen to it from the beginning. I didn't know this when I listened to it. The whole season is about um, this this guy who is a uh, he's a he's like a cold case detective, but like a podcaster. He goes back to find out what happened to Adrian McNaughton, who was a five year old and wandered away from his family who was fishing and was never heard from again oh. in the seventies. Oh. So he's like going back. It's his hometown. So he's going back to like to trace all the leads and see what's going on and it's getting really fucking exciting. Do you think he's still alive? Or deed? What do I think personally? Like everyone has a different opinion. You don't know. I think he's dead. I think he, the thing is like, did he die there? Did he get picked up and taken? Did he get picked up and killed? Did he get hit by a car and they like got rid of his body? It's like, is he alive or dead? There could be so many different If I listen to that podcast, I would never get anything done. Is this like making a murderer level intense? Because when yeah. I was watching Making a Murderer, I got no work done and I threw things at my yeah. TV constantly. <laughs> well, the, the problem is it's not a binge. Like they're only on episode six and it, and they don't post it, like enough. And so I, I'm going to have to wait until the end of the season. <laughs> I would I would Because <laughs> I cannot that. handle I, it. It's like cereal where you're like, I need to know. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is like, I don't know. They must not have found out because I feel like it would have been in the news already. Right. I love that in our things that we love, we're getting like dark again. I'm <laughs> yeah, so I know. I'm sorry. I love dark shit. I'm You're with like, you. <laughs> which murder do you like? I know. We're like commiserating. Oh, did you do your love already? Um, she started her. Westways. Yeah, right. She started sorry. her. Um, I, I think this is partially because we bought a house 10 months ago and have been renovating endlessly, but it's partially because... I was, when I was young, I was kind of raised in a hoarder house. And I think these two things have combined to make me obsessed with HGTV and like organization. (laughs) So I incessantly watch, you know, people have their background TV channel. A lot of, for a lot of people, it's cooking channel, but for me, it's HGTV. I'm obsessed with all the shows. I love Fixer Upper. I love Property Brothers. Rehab Addict. Oh no, that's Rehab Addict. No, it's on DIY, but it comes on HGTV What about Flipper Flop? I love Flipper Flop. I kind of hate House Hunters, but I watch it anyway. I do too. Um, It's great to to see how awful people's relationships are by watching House Hunters. Oh, by the way. Oh my God. True story. Allie tweets one time. Something like my worst nightmare. No, the American dream. The American dream. Turning on House Hunters and seeing my ex-boyfriend and his new wife. Yes. Awful, but like aw- like horrible yeah. relationship. Legit happened to me. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know I that. Like Allie, after. you are describing my life. My ex-boyfriend Dane Hallmuller from oh Texas, who I dated when I was in college. He and his wife were on House Hunters, and they were the most boring <laughs> Texan couple you've ever seen Looking in your life. For, well, he's amazing house? because it's so weird. He's like all tatted up and like okay. you know neuro, a neuroscientist drummer. Oh my god! Um, like he's a total badass. Yeah. And then he married this woman, and they like found a house in Dallas. It's very strange. Oh, I was like, that god. is so. I had an ex-boyfriend who was on mind. Blind Date. Remember that show? Oh, that's mm. hilarious. And it was like. Oh, he's terrible at dating. <laughs> Why? How did it work on me? He was like the worst match. And she was like, fuck this. That's amazing. And I yet dated I dated him for fucking eight months. Oh, that's a long, that's a long time. time. Well, I was, with, I was with this guy for like years. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually quite proud of him that he like found a wife and, they, and that they did House Hunters, which is weird to me. Also super bummed out that I found out that everything on House Hunters I is know. fake. Yeah, They've already bought the They've house. already bought the they house. They take the everything house. out of it yeah. to make it look like they haven't. Yeah, it's yeah. all bullshit. Oh. But Not always, but sometimes. But that one's like the most annoying to me. But I just realized realized 
probably a month ago that I actually quite love Fixer Upper. I used to think I would hate it because they seem like crusty Southern couple. But then the more right. I watch, the more I'm like, I'm obsessed with these people. No, they're people. sweet. They're, they're cool. amazing. They are. The I hate her style. I hate her style. I think she's awesome. I think it looks like I don't need a fucking wagon wheel on my wall. Oh, no. Dude. I hate her style in the houses, but I love the, her like personal style. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. she's so hip and doesn't seem like she's from Waco. Yeah. And she knows her shit. And she's gorgeous. Yeah. I can't determine. Funny. Is she Hispanic or is she like Native American? Native American. I think she's Native American. Ooh, or maybe ambiguously, a- gorgeously ethnic. She is. Yeah. She's, yeah, ambiguously ethnic. But And Property he's brothers. hilarious. He's always putting weird stuff in his mouth. Right. His and teeth like, are I fucked. Him. Yeah. Property Brothers, I I love. It's like the best, but also I don't get... It's like a weird appeal because they're so hard to look at, but people think they're really attractive. I find them super odd looking. I I, understand why people find them attractive. Enchanted by them. You know what I don't like about that show is that every single house looks the same. They they change the house to look like an open concept. Here's the kitchen. Here's the dining room. Here's the living room. And they're all generic transitional style. Generic style. Yeah, that's true. And also the whole shtick where they show them a house they can't afford anymore. Oh, I hate it. They all know what's happening. Played. I mean, come on, And also the houses never look as good as this first house. No. It's like they need to stop showing such good houses because then you're like, "Mm, that doesn't measure up at all. No. But when you were renovating your house did you were you inspired by things you'd seen on hgtv some of them yeah mm-hmm. like i learned some little tricks and there are a lot of little weird smart things that i did in the house that i think watching so much and also thinking about the function of my life really made our house amazing like i have all these little things so in the downstairs bathroom you we have the bathroom and then there's like the toilet room you know there's like mm-hmm. the separate yeah. and of course, we got fancy Japanese toilets. We're obsessed oh, with Japanese yeah. toilets. Oh, I'm coming over. Oh, they're so good. We got two. There's I'm one in the guest room. Oh Peg your dog and wash my butt. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> we discovered them when we were on vacation in Hawaii, and we were like, that's gross and weird. And then we used it, and we're like, oh, I need this in my life. <laughs> so Japanese toilet's amazing. But if you get up in the middle of the night to go pee, you don't want to have to turn on the lights because it wakes you up. And when I did an episode of the Al Jazeera show I did, we visited this house called the Honda Smart House, which was all like high-tech, cool, uh, energy-efficient stuff. And there was a lighting designer who was a neurologist or a neuro, uh, neuroscientist. And they talked about the fact that blue wavelength light wakes you up because it matches, it mimics the sun. And red wavelength light is much more like candlelight and it helps you stay asleep. So on a on a sensor, I had a red LED strip light what? attached at your toe kick so that when you go pee in the middle of the night, you can see, but it doesn't wake you up. That is some next level. <laughs> and I mean, this literally Genius. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how much do you think contractors hate people who watch HGTV? Oh, I'm sure they hate them. Hate so much. And we're like, I want, I don't want to, whatever the fuck, I don't even know. That's yeah, genius. They, and they just say all these words like open concept. Open concept. I don't know what they mean. No, you so, don't. Much like, so much open concept. Um, oh, Kara, will you so tell exciting. everyone where they can gently stalk you? Yes, yes, please gently stalk me. So uh, the heaviest stalking level starts at Twitter. That is where <laughs> I am most active at Kara Santa Maria on Twitter. Um, next level stalking would be Facebook, which is facebook.com slash science Kara. Less active, but still there next would be instagram it's kara underscore santa underscore maria because somebody totally stole my name um annoying uh don't post as much and then lastly snapchat which i am so bad at you're on it i'm on it but i never post you can't really stalk me there but you can try Mm. i'm gonna stalk you okay i will periodically snap but then you can also listen to talk nerdy which is um just go to karasantamaria.com you can see all the tv shows i work on the two podcasts talk nerdy and skeptics guide and then a lot of other stuff by the way 
new show, uh, America's Greatest Makers, premiered last night, but not as of this listening, but last night as of this recording. Oh my god! On TBS, and I do all the I do the pre and post show on the web, so you can learn all the like behind the scenes shit. That's incredible! By going to GreatestMakers.com. Yeah, it's really exciting. So cool. Yeah, it's a reality competition show, Mark Burnett show, which. it's makers. It's these amazing makers who come up with these amazing technology and they're competing for a million dollars. Dude, so that dope. sounds That's fucking tits. So dope. great. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and for more of the science nerds, uh, nerdbrigade.la yes. and yes. at nerdbrigade on Twitter so you can stalk other geniuses um, that let me hang out with them. All <laughs> of whom, by shit. the way, have been guests of Talk Nerdy. Every single person on the Nerd Brigade has them. been a guest, awesome. including I was Ellie Ward. Ward. Yep. I talked a lot about insect fucking. It was awesome. You, 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 yes, you yeah, do. Traumatic insemination. You gave some great stories. Yeah. Great stories. Awesome. about that. Um, find Allie and Georgia on all kinds of places. Please find us. We just started an Allie and Georgia Instagram, which sucks because right. we have like no followers, but we're going to post all kinds of fun photos and stuff and you should follow us on there. Right. We just started it like last week. Yeah. A-L-I-E and Georgia. And, Georgia. Um, and nice. then go to the Facebook slumber party group and we'll add you and go to Twitter and Allie's everywhere and Georgia's everywhere and find us and tell us uh, on the Facebook group tell us what you learned or what you ate what you love what, what you, you hate. hate all of that and go to feralaudio.com to listen to all the other awesome podcasts and donate money because fuck it do it thanks yeah. for listening watch out for ghosts oh oh rate review and subscribe also that yeah bye watch out for ghosts bye bye feral audio